folks what is up it is december 4th it is time for the stretch run of the bill season we'll see if they can get that four and one we'll see if they can get that five and oh and get to the playoffs the sabers are an absolute train wreck and the bandits thankfully are right around the corner and speaking of right around the corner we've got your neighborhood friendly bills mafia zone general justice Bradford, J17 MVP. Listen, this general isn't going to get you insurance, but we are going to talk about how we're going to be aggressive in pursuing these playoffs. So needless to say, let's go. You don't stop, you don't stop, you don't stop. You don't stop. Folks, welcome back to Trainwreck tonight. 320, sponsored by Outlet Liquor, your place to buy a case this day, tomorrow day, any day between now and the end of the season. And of course, well into 2024 and beyond, George Urban Boulevard, Depew, Outlet Liquor, your place to buy a case. And speaking of the man gets it done, speaking of having what you need, speaking of giving you what you want, let's bring him in here. First time on Trainwreck tonight, Justice General Radford. How are we doing today, sir? I'm amazing. Look, bro, you are an amazing showman. That intro, like all parts of it were, were incredible. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> Get out of here. Listen, we've only met a couple times uh, in IRL or AFK, as the kids say, but pleasure to have you on here, man. And I appreciate uh, the praise. Obviously, there's a lot of bells and whistles, a lot of smoke and mirrors going on here in Trainwreck. So don't, don't worry about it. Just do your thing. And I've kind of fluffed you up right now. I've kind of, you know, been pitching to you as, and I want to get right into this, the thermometer of Bill's Mafia. And I, the first thing I want to get clear is that, no, this is not my way of saying that justice is up everyone's ass, okay? That's not <laughs> what I'm trying to say. Instead, I kind of look on the timeline, and I just think, like, you know, what what makes justice different? He's just constantly checking in. He's constantly checking in with the Bill's Mafia and kind of getting their pulse, kind of getting their temperature on the situation. So I want to talk to you. Obviously, we had this past week, we had this bye week. What's the, what's the temperature? What's Bill's Mafia feeling like right now, Monday, December 4th? You know what? That is a tremendous title. I appreciate that. That is awesome. I like, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to steal it, but like, 
yours, 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 yours. Thank you, man. I, I, I appreciate that. I've been dubbed the thermometer of Bills Mafia. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, so for me, it's just like <clears throat> I feel certain ways, especially in a season like this. Uh, last season was super traumatic in a lot of ways, but they were winning games. This season is super traumatic in a lot of different ways, and you know what I mean. So uh, we're losing a lot of games, and it's kind of like, but they show kind of like promise of being a good team, and it's like, are they a good team? Are they? Well, was it Dorsey? Like, and all these other questions that come to mind, and it's it's hard to get a gauge on on it fully. You know what I mean? And so I ask around, you know, I ask how people feel to kind of see like what people are thinking, like how they feel about the situation. And I get a lot of different perspectives and it's kind of fun to like compare all of them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, let's face it. You're a man after my own heart in many ways, because justice, when I get a thought in my brain, the first thing is, okay, that's a thought, but also that's a little crazy. Uh, Regardless of what my thought is. So I'm constantly checking with others. I love the, I love the methodology. So Talk to me. Obviously, you know, at the end of September, early October with the Dolphins game feels like it was centuries ago uh, at this point. But talk to me right now. Are you feeling that fans are relatively confident heading into these final five games that that they can pull off four and one or better? So I I think that um, honestly, it is a 33-33-33 split. It's like a third of the fans are super excited like we gonna win out we got this a third of them are kind of like you know i I could see us winning you know four five more but i don't know man and then a third of us is just like it's over like Uh Like, go go for marvin harrison jr so it's 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 kind i swear to goodness bro like i i see equal parts all of them uh so I, I skew positive myself. Yeah. You know how, I mean? how could you not? How could you yeah. not? So, and, and I'm, I'm also like an analytical football. Like, it's not just like, because <clears throat> although yes, I am a diehard Bills fan and I do probably like lead with my heart a little bit. I can also use like my awareness and like, you know, my analytical prowess to say, Dude, we got the best quarterback on the planet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Very fair. And not only that, but like, I mean, what does Joe Brady look like? <laughs> I, I, I mean, we, just going by like what we see. Yeah. Why would you not be optimistic? And let's start with there. Like, if we're going into the final five games on the offensive side of the ball, you've seen Joe Brady for two games. Yeah, the Jets, you know, necessarily didn't look great against the Dolphins either, but that's still the Jets' defense that they were kind of tearing up there. And obviously, but they that's have the Dolphins' a, offense. True, and they had a great performance against the Eagles' defense. Uh, the Bills' offense is also two thirty-plus point games. Uh, your confidence level on one to ten that we're going to get five and zero or four and one out of the offensive side of the ball? Oh, out of ten. Okay, so I'm known to like be <laughs> over dramatic. Oh no, don't th- listen, Justice. Train wreck sports, no drama. Okay, we are Fergie, we are black eyed peas. No, no drama, no, no drama. Okay, I don't. All right, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say like 10, right? Because of course, there are concerns that need to be, you know, the, you know there are some things that, that kind of need to be fixed, and there are some 
things where you're kind of like, I hope that doesn't rear its ugly head, um, especially like at the most, at at the worst possible times. So like taking all that in consideration, I'm probably going to say like a 9.8 and he is gone. Um, no, I'm not gone. I'm putting whoa. you front and center. Whoa. Justice, come on and take the spotlight. Just like Joe Brady has gravely taken the spotlight. I think that's funny is that they've had two good weeks of offense, but I think the thing that has stuck out to fans most, and especially the casual fan, uh, was the accountability he took on that Josh Allen, Gabe Davis miscommunication and overtime against the Eagles. Listen, we don't love losing, okay, in Buffalo. It's it's kind of like in our DNA. I get you. I'm, I'm there with you. I understand that. But – there was something that was amicable about that, right? That he pointed right at himself. And he says, that's on me. It's not on Josh making the wrong throw. It's not on Gabe on the wrong out. I got to get those guys on the same page. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> and it wasn't his fault. So that kind of makes you. Uh, oh, it's about. even better. When something is blatantly not somebody's fault and they're like, that's my bad. You know, that's on me. Like real that's quick. You're leadership. like, whoa, you're like, whoa. Yeah. That's great leadership. That's what you want. And not only that, but. As soon as he came into the press conference, I think this might have been before he even be. I I think this might be even before the Jets game or it might be like right after the Jets game. But he just goes like, I got Josh Allen. Like (laughs) everything is easy. Like I got Josh Allen. And and I was like, that's exactly how I thought Dorsey would feel. Right. It's like, bro, you got Josh Allen. Like you could draw up anything in the world. And yet they chose to be the most bland offense in the world. So that's, I, a, that's a great point because, you know, I don't know whether it was a McDermott rule that Allen wasn't allowed to run, get dirty, et cetera. I don't know at the end of the day, if we'll ever find that out, whether that was a rule then, and then at a necessity, now Allen is running more, et cetera. But Ken Dorsey is like looking back on it now with Josh Allen. He's kind of like a collector who like, didn't want to like scuff him up at all. He didn't want to, you know, put, he didn't want to play with his toys at all. He didn't want to get in this. Joe Brady has has Josh Allen in the sandbox doing everything right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and he's not only that, but Joe was cognizant enough to look at what's been going on all season and go, all right, this is what he's good at. This is what he's not good at. This is what our offense likes. This is what works for us. And he, like, uses that to his advantage. Um, it's like, you know, we finally have an identity as an offense now instead of just being – a random team that goes out there every week and it's just like, all right, well, we'll see what happens. Like, I swear to goodness, I feel like every time I, every time I watch the Bills offense since the Dolphins game, right? Because I was that was a great game, right? Oh my gosh, it, favorite, it was on, favorite day of 2023 for me. Yeah, that was a phenomenal day. Every time I watched those offense part season, it was just like random play after random play. There was no structure there was no it seemed like no game plan behind it it was just like all right it's first and ten we're gonna go five wide and just throw a random random shot like try to get you know some short yards all right incomplete okay cool second and ten uh we're gonna go shotgun and hb draw from five yards out of the backfield and it's like okay and now you either lost two yards, got to, and now you're putting yourself in a third and 12, third and eight situation. Like, it was just so random. And then it was just like, oh, Josh, go save us, please. And and so that's why I didn't like Dorsey. Even last year, I, I kind of called this out. I was just like, I do not want to go into next year with Dorsey. And people were calling me crazy, but I was just like, all right, bro. When I saw him 
do, do you think it was? Do you think it was? Do you think it was a little crazy though? Because that was Josh Allen's guy through and through at the end of the day. And we know that we're kind of subscribing to whatever Josh Allen does. So I get a thousand more of what you're saying. You smelled like something wasn't right in the kitchen. I get it. But do you, don't you think that was kind of an impossible move this past? Week? That was Josh Allen's guy. So I will say this. There is a difference between coaches that want to win a championship and coaches that don't want to hurt people's feelings. Oh no! I'm, defi- I'm definitely a, I'm definitely a not hurt feelings guy. Yeah, like I, I am too. To be quite honest with you, I'm gonna be perfectly honest. But I want my coach to win a championship. Very I want my coach to go. Yo, you just call comebacks in the snow. You gotta go. Like, yeah, that's what I want my coach to be able to like. You know, and just the the stupidest game plan in the history of the planet versus the Bengals in the snow at home. And this guy comes back in and then just sleepwalks through the season for another half of a season and kind of puts us in jeopardy now. And then his predecessor comes in and right away put us on track to, you know, be a contender again, which is insane. Um, and so it's, it's just kind of like you put all that into perspective with Joe Brady uh, kind of creating this uh confidence again in in the offense and then McDermott sucks in late game and close game situations but I mean he's a great he's a great defensive coach so for the most part uh if if our offense can score and our defense can be as stout as they are typically then that should be able to be positive for us yeah, seriously. Well, I want to kind of get into that. We'll kind of jump ahead of here a little bit because we were asking about the offense. You said you're 9.8 out of 10, that they can play four and one or better. Yeah. So the defense has had some losses. There's been times, you know, there's been bad games. Then there's been windows where, you know, with two minutes to go or less, they haven't been able to, you know, hold the other team from scoring, things like that. What's your confidence level one to 10 that the defense can get it done at a, at a, at a four and one or better level over these next five games? Man, oh man, oh man. See, if we had Matt Milano, things would be a lot different. Of course, the cookie monster makes everything better. Justice, yeah, you know does. that. He definitely does. If we had but Daquan back, it'd be a lot different. DQ is on the horizon, though, theoretically. He is, and that, that's kind of something you got to take into perspective. But then you also think about Von Miller, and it's like he came back from injury and did absolutely nothing. And honestly, I was kind of a Von Miller apologist until all this crap happened. Now I don't like, no, I'm not going to defend you anymore. Yeah. Well, well, you're, you're, <laughs> yeah. And just to be clear, I mean, listen, no one would fault you for being an apologist. It's an athlete coming back from a major injury. Right. And right. that like nobody, no, like it takes, you know, a lot of patience as a fan, but yeah, clearly, you know, I think the disheartening thing, and this is completely outside of the personal stuff, just real quick with Von Miller was that he was like warming up and practicing in August. So you kind of figured that this period of like, you know, kind of ramping up was August, September. And I get he wasn't doing full things at that time, but it didn't look like that when he came back. It looked like he was kind of on skates out there for sure. And obviously, you know, he won't be in the lineup in weeks to come uh, for, and we'll see what happens with that. Obviously, you know, a a ridiculously terrible situation that the Bills need to do their due diligence on. Due diligence on. Do you think that AJ Epinesa and, and maybe some of these other DEs could benefit from, from additional reps that will be available clearly? My man. My boy. Oh, my dog. Seriously. <laughs> that is a yes. Okay. 
That's a hell yes. I I mean, look, 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 look. Pre finding out about Von Miller's incident, justice, right? Yeah. Would tell you, hey, this is one of the greatest defensive ends that has ever played on turf, on grass, whatever, right? You give him snaps because eventually he will get it. He'll get back to it, and he will be the best player on the on the field when he's on the field once he does get back to it, right? So you want to give him the space. You want to give him the room to grow. You want to give him the room to, to get comfortable again, right? But now you don't have to worry about that. AJ Epinesa is going crazy. If AJ Epinesa had as many like rotational snaps as like other defensive ends in the league, him and Leonard Floyd, I can say this about if they had as many snaps as like other defensive ends in the league, they probably would be up there in sacks. I'm not gonna lie, double digit sacks. Um, Greg Rousseau, like we got plenty of guys who can go out there and get the job done. Uh, so I honestly think that this is going to sound crazy. I honestly think that Von Miller's situation might help us in the short run, at least. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, and obviously I think another bye week thing uh, that we're kind of forgetting about a little bit is that nagging injury for Greg Rousseau. Now I know it's not something that's going to go away in seven to 10 days, but that's an opportunity to get off of it, get away from football activities and finally give an impact. Something, something that's been nagging all season. Uh, a chance deal. Now, just going through this, obviously, I was kind of playing around with the ESPN. You got the ESPN playoff machine. You got the New York Times one. Uh, this is just two wins, Justice. As you can see, I got the Bills at eight and six here. Uh, but this is wins in the coming weeks over the Chiefs and the Cowboys. Um, Jacksonville, essentially just winning out. Jacksonville, I guess, is the team that we're rooting for down the stretch here. I want to talk to you, though, because obviously we're looking at Cleveland with that defense. You know, the Colts. I think to me are the weak link here. So, so which team out of all of these kind of, I guess, worries you the most, which one are you looking at kind of plummeting out of the, out of the standings as well? They're all weak leagues. <laughs> I'm Seriously, be I mean, you got, you, and, and by the way, Houston and Pittsburgh in here at seven and five as well, right so behind I'm, uh, this, I'm, these teams. I'm going to be real with you. The only team that is anywhere in the wild card that I think none of them are better than us. Right, I don't, I don't. I'm gonna be real with you. Is it, that think, that might be the most the most like encouraging thing, and it's also the most frustrating thing well, at the see, same but time. That's, but that's why I, I, I'm. Oh, I really want to stay away from hyperbole, but I, a big part of me really feels like Ken Dorsey sabotaged her season. So, so it's it's kind of like post Ken Dorsey, the Bills might be the best team in the AFC right now because. The Chiefs don't look amazing. The Facts. Jaguars aren't very, they aren't really good. I mean, honestly, the Ravens, I give it to the Ravens just because they've shown the whatever, whatever. But I think we would go to Baltimore and stomp the Ravens if I'm being completely honest with you. So the, last time we got a chance at Lamar, Sean McDermott put him in a box. Have we lost to Lamar since the first season? Uh, no, no, I don't believe no, since the rookie no. season. So no. I'm not. I'm not worried about them. You're at all. getting me yeah. gassed up on the Bills. I'm, over so, here, I'm sorry, but like I'm just see. This is what I mean. Like I am a homer, but also like looking at it from like a rational perspective. It's kind of yo. We stomping everybody if we being real, right? So we. <laughs> I'm yo. The stuff yo. I cannot wait. We do. <laughs> do, do we about to do bad things to the Chiefs? Okay, <laughs> like. 
Oh, it's going to be so sweet. It's going to feel so good. All right. Um, Big Brady oh, is cooking, huh? So the the uh, the question was, who am I worried about? Okay, so the who are you worried about, and who are you praying on? I think that the Colts we got to be praying on, right? Minshew has obviously been playing amazing, but the Colts have got to fall off. So that's so that's what I mean, right? Like, or do you mind throwing that? Uh, the, oh yeah, yeah. No, let me get back. Sorry. Okay, so the Browns yep. suck because they don't have a quarter quarterback. Uh, the defense is good, but like they don't have a quarterback. Is the Jets like <laughs> so? Um, the Colts suck. They don't have a quarterback. I mean, Gardner Minshew was okay, but like, come on, let's be real. Um, Houston. Houston is the one team I'm actually kind of worried about because CJ Stroud is the truth. Playing out of his mind. And D'Amico Ryans just has the whole team cooking he, he, right now. He really does. He really does. And the thing that I would say you never want to like root for an injury or anything, but Tank Dell's injury is going to be like very significant. Um, and then there's like a couple more teams uh, not worried about the Broncos, even though they beat us and they have that tiebreaker over us. I don't think that they'll win more or as many games as us throughout the rest of the season. Uh, Steelers suck. <laughs> they don't have a quarterback. <laughs> they'll be without a quarterback for the coming weeks. I mean, they'll have Mitchell Trubisky. Who, you know, we got to give Dapa as a, as a former Bill. He's coming out of the Josh Allen system, but playing he's, simple. He's, he, I don't think he's going to be winning Pittsburgh any games. He's basically a backup punter, honestly. Wow. Harsh words. Those are your harshest words on train rock so far. You know what? That for was Mitchell B- B- for that Mitchell Biscuit. I'm sorry. That was me. It's okay. It's okay. You caught me off guard. I, I don't I don't have any like ill will for Mitch, but it's kind of like, dang, bro, you came to the Bill system and couldn't succeed. You're a top five pick, bro. Like come on. So I don't know. It's just yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> kind of feels like it's over. Okay, so Texans are are kind of scaring you with Stroud. Basically, basically, I think that's fair because they have the best quarterback out of that yeah, bunch of teams. I agree. Uh, does Cleveland no getting in worry you? No. Okay. All right. Yeah. Not Flacco. Not. Flacco didn't really look too great. Either. Okay. Well, hey, I want to kind of put a wrap on the things Bills here, and we got to do so talking about this week KC matchup. It seems like you're very confident. I am very confident. Yes. I mean, look. So Patrick Mahomes is a top two quarterback in this league, right? Um. And and that's okay, you know what I mean? Like that's fine. There's nothing wrong with being like the second best quarterback in the league. Like Patrick Mahomes is great. He's phenomenal. He's on another planet, right? But Josh is Josh. Like Josh will do everything, right? Uh, and not only that, but like if Josh's receivers ain't making it happen, then Josh will just make it happen. That is and true. um. Uh, and it's nothing against Mahomes, but it's just like it's kind of like when you look at it on a deeper level, it's levels to it. Like I, I watch Patrick Mahomes go out there and create magic. Like magic Mahomes is a real thing. He is accurate, pinpoint, blah blah blah. But if it hits your wide receiver in the face mask and he and it, it's an incomplete pass, that looks the same on a stat sheet as if you would have threw it out of bounds. So who cares? You know what I mean? You can be as accurate as you want, but if your wide receivers are not going to do anything about it, then who cares? So I, I just don't think his receivers are very good. Uh, and I really do need McDermott to not be like so vanilla. He needs to be aggressive. And, and yeah, I mean, plain and simple. We, we need we need to juice up McDermott. We don't we need the McDermott who's ready to go wrestle somebody out, you know, in his weight class, not somebody who's, you know, eating a, a bowl of ice cream for dinner. Yeah. And then and then you got Joe Brady, who is. Got now a week under his belt to even add 
You know what I mean? To, think to think about the stress. Think about the stress on this guy. You have one week to plan for the Jets, or like essentially four to five days. Yeah, you have good. one yeah. week to plan for the Eagles. Now, again, I get the Chiefs defense has been great, but he has two weeks to plan for the Chiefs. I mean, I, I don't care who you are. This was a absolute, you know, benefit having this bye week right before the Chiefs. And I, I think that's why I'm confident as well, like you are. They just let Jordan Love look like prime Montana. He looked pretty good. He looked pretty damn good against them. So, uh, uh, and, and they got injuries. Drew Tranquil got injured. They, I don't know. Has Bill's Chiefs become a throw the records out game? It, what do you even mean? though even though the, the, they both have been good for the last three or four years, but it's just always going to be like a dog fight between these two teams, no matter what happens. Well, we blew them out last time, and then we would have blew them out by even more last time, but then the refs were cheating. So, like, okay, all right, all right. I mean, well, look, look they, they got they got the playoff wins, so like I can't like gloat, but I'm just I'm just saying truthful things. We two and zero regular season last two years. So I'm saying. In Arrowhead, by the way. I agree. I agree. I agree. Speaking of postseason, uh, speaking, we had the college football playoffs. So did you pick up any of this flag? Were, were you checking the timeline? Florida State obviously pissed. That sucks. Everything yeah. does suck. And First, I remember that happened to UCF a couple couple years ago where they went undefeated and didn't get an invite. That the, the state of Florida must hate the college football playoff yeah, committee, plain and simple. Absolutely. absolutely. And I, and this is this honestly is it, kind of like the Inherent flaw with only four teams in in a in a. That's why you, you need system. eight to twelve. You need, you need eight at to least eight, right? You know what I'm saying? I I would be cool with twelve because then it's kind of like March Madness, and that just excites me. But um, yeah, you need at least eight teams to be like like because seriously, like you are leaving a lot of uh un unrepresented like teams. You know what I'm saying? Like teams that are they could they have. They they have a right to say we're the best team in the country right now. You know what I'm saying? Like they haven't gotten an opportunity to prove it though, and now you're taking away that opportunity to prove it. Yeah, like Florida fair. State and Ohio fair. State because I'm an Ohio State fan. Which uh, which matchup of these two are you are you more excited about? I know I, again, I know I know you're not a living breathing college football guy, but of course it's the Alabama Michigan. I'm an Ohio State fan. Right. Oh, okay. Okay. So I despise Michigan. Yeah, that's but real hate. That's real. I'm hate. a college football watcher, so I despise Alabama because everybody outside of Alabama hates Alabama. So I, I would. Oh, that's so rough because, like, am I going to actually be rooting for Nick Saban? That's kind of crazy. Uh, <laughs> but so yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely excited for the Alabama game. Great win over Georgia the other night. Okay, just to put a button on here before I let you go here. On, on oh, actually, before we talk one last thing, I let you go. TT three twenty. You who you got winning this all? Um, I'm putting I'm putting his feet to the fire here, folks. I didn't tell him I was gonna make him make a prediction live. Uh, it would be a great story if Texas did it, but honestly, I just I don't see Nick Saban losing to any of these teams. <laughs> I'm gonna be real. I just don't. Very fair. Very fair. And speaking of not losing, coming back to defend their championship. Bandits are back at it this weekend. You're a Bandits guy, right? The General Rocks. There it is. There it is. B-O-X, box, box, box. Uh, yeah, so uh, let's uh, let's link up and go to a game soon, man. Hell yeah. Absolutely, bro. Let's, go. let's take over Bandit Land. Any uh, shout-outs or sign-outs before I send you out of here? 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you, first of all, for having me, bro. It was an awesome show. Uh, very fun, very lively. I, I, I like the energy. Uh, shout out to my my network, uh, my people's Buffalo fan base, and um, to to the to the people, to the to the to Bills Mafia. You know what I mean? Like all this is because of y'all. You know what I'm saying? Like every every time y'all y'all um, support us, you know, it just drives us and pushes us to to keep going and. And like Bill's Mafia's love and support is like so infinite. It's just, I don't know, it's a beautiful place and, and I'm happy to be a part of it. So shout out to Bill's Mafia, man. Seriously, shout them out and shout out you, sir. Thanks for holding down. Obviously, you got the fan base page over there. Make sure you're following that. If you're not, you're already you're already way late. You must be living under a rock. And make sure you're following <laughs> at JA17MVP. Salute to you, General. I'll see you soon in uh, Banditland. I appreciate you, man. You have a good night. Go Bills. Good night now. Go Bills. Okay. And just to put a button on it, the Buffalo Sabres. If you want to talk about Les Miserables, okay? I was looking at, I was tweeting out a stat. We went into this year. It was so much optimism. The Bills were rolling. That was right after the the Miami game. The Sabres season started. We were rocking. We were rolling. We were out of control. We were feeling great. We were feeling good about Tuck. We were feeling good about Cousins. We were feeling great about Tage. We were feeling great about Skinner. We were feeling great about being in the middle seat. We were feeling great about Dalene, Power, all these guys, Yoki Haru even. Some people were happy about Yoki Haru. A lot of people were happy about Samuelson going into this year. But in we go. Like, the, the misery starts again. It's not even Christmas. And again, the Sabres find themselves in a situation where they basically don't play better than... 70% of the NHL the rest of the way. They might not make the playoffs. And we went into this year. I mean, we were I thought we were free rolling on fun. I thought we were having a great time. I we chose UPL as our guy. UPL was supposed to be barely even making this roster according to Sabres Twitter. Barely even existing as a Saber according to Sabres Twitter. In games that UPL doesn't start this year, the Sabres are 4 9 and 1. The Sabres are four, nine, and one in games that UPL has started. So something's got to change. Something's got to get better. I don't know whether the message has gone stagnant from Granado and Co. I don't know what is happening, but something, some fire needs to be lit in that locker room, in that organization, at that Key Bank Library, because we cannot have this tailspin of a season this early, especially with Tage coming back on the horizon. But I know a lot of people are already down in the dumps about it. So speaking of being down in the dumps about it, let me read this post. From a 24-year Sabres fan um, on Twitter. Let me get the sense. So we're pulling it up. Okay. It's the Pagulas. I think they want a more skilled-based game on the ice and don't want a team like Florida in their locker room. Olmark and Reinhardt with a D, which is always the OG leaving our huge black eyes to the Sabres organization, spelled S-A-B-E-R-S, for the, of the past few years. Look at how those two are lighting it up. I am all for letting your top two to three lines be fast and skilled, but your fourth line needs to be a big boy menace that won't let your smaller players be bullied. Who has been on our fourth line for the past four or five seasons? Gergensons and Ocposo? Do you see any grit or toughness out of any of them? Why should Cousins, our future... 
number two center be almost breaking his jaw, standing up for talent? Who on this team has ever given a presence like Wilson, Bennett, Ovi, Perry, etc.? No one has ever given the presence of fuck with our talent or rooks. You're going to get a handful to the face and a slasher a fight. They have tried getting players like that to come to Buffalo. Stillman, Greenway, Clifton, and that one guy last season. Can't remember his name, but he had a lot of good hits. This team has no physicality, no backbone, and no spine. And to me, it all comes down to the captains. When O'Reilly was here, you felt that he or some of the other guys would die on the blade for Eichel and Reinhardt, spelled with a D again. Okposo loves to run his mouth, but has he ever stood up for anyone on this team? Has Gergensen's? No, all they do is grind and play mediocre hockey and expect that to be enough, but it isn't. Tuck and Cousins should not be the players who have to go, who have to do that, especially when you look at the Sabres locker room and realize how small it is compared to other teams. Uh, what? I thought all the Sabres are big boys. Pasta is just as good as Skinner or better, but he sure is bigger. That's not a dig on Skinner, but look at all of the talent we have drafted over the past five seasons and look at how most of them are under six feet and 200 pounds. I feel like this guy's a couple years late on this take, by the way. Middlestat will not be, will also be leaving our team because this organization would rather rely on high draft picks over and over to fill the holes in this roster instead of signing veteran talent or trading draft picks for them as well. It's the same process. Rinse and repeat. Spend three years drafting high in the draft and hoping it all works while never letting a goalie truly develop or trying to find someone who isn't under 25 or over 32. Comrie was such a bad signing. I laughed at the day Adams handed him money. Same when this team again handed players like Oposo and Gergensen's money instead of paying Felino and Perry like, Ch- like Chicago did. Why was $6 million left in the salary cap at the start of this year if we were honestly trying to make the playoffs? Now, that's a fair point. I get the Buffalo isn't a glamorous destination like Chicago, New York, or other markets, but you can't look me in the face and tell me Felino and Perry wouldn't have come here for $1 million more or two. I'd rather much have Felino and Perry skating around in a Sabres jersey than Gergensen and Okposo. I will be called a star seeker, or I only like them because they were stars, which is fair. But at the same time, Felino and Perry protect our younger talent. Would Felino and Perry have given a presence of don't fuck around or are you going to find out? We have Greenway and Clifton, but you need more than one or two guys. Until this team changes their culture and the owners, this will always be the same product we get as a Sabres fan. Adams does nothing to right the ship, and Granado repeats the same old lines the past four Sabres coaches have said. We just don't try hard enough, or the effort wasn't there. We just didn't try. Well, Granado, sit lazy players then. Why is Joe's bench for other players? Watch Joe's any game this season and see how he puts in 60 minutes a night. Same for Krebs, but other players. Players that make a lot more money, for some reason the organization wants to hold on, can't give 60 minutes a night. They give about 20 minutes, maybe 30 if we are lucky. This team needs players that are seasoned and tough. And finally, a coach who doesn't feel like a whip. When has Granado been mad on the bench? If I was on the head coach of the Sabres the past two games, I'd be livid at them. I wouldn't be just like, well, guys, you tried harder, but can you try it harder next time, please? The Pagulas have to be the ones who want this participation trophy culture. I'll leave you on that. We need to get out of this train wreck that is the Buffalo Sabres. Everyone go have a good week. Start with a good night. Let's crush the Chiefs on Sunday. Get to Rec Room. We'll be hosting there. And obviously, I remember every night is sports night at Sports City. But most importantly, have a good night now.